launched Meeting Pulse back in 2014. Now today serving call between 100 and 200 uh, paid accounts on their SaaS model, paying about $2,000 ACVs. So they're doing call it 16, 17 grand a month right now, or about 200 grand in ARR. That's about double year over year. So doing about eight grand a month just a year ago. Still burning cash, looking at raising a million bucks right now on 7 million in terms of cap. They're looking at doing a convertible note. 50 grand into the company so far in terms of early angels investing after a hackathon. Team of 12, targeting to get, you know, getting churn under 30%. It's tough in this space, but he's focused on it. Got a $500 CAC when he does spend money for a five or six month payback period, looking to test some of those channels with new money that he raises. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Aaron Lifshin. He's the CEO and founder of Meeting Pulse. He's got a 20-year track record creating and managing award-winning technical teams in the US and the UK. His last successful exit was XLN Telecom as CTO. Aaron, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. Good so to be here. yeah, thanks for joining. Um, what is Meeting Pulse and what's the revenue model? How do you make money? Our meeting Pulse is a new type of uh, audience response system, which uh, gathers uh, real-time sentiment as well as a Q&A and polls from uh, audiences. And uh, our revenue model is uh, SaaS and services, software and services. Okay. So how do you, you know, one common theme I've seen in the SaaS space, well, in the event space where they try and use a SaaS model are events start and they stop. So churn is always an issue. Have you solved this, this solution somehow? Or do people keep paying you even when there's not an event going on? In the event, I see a lot of opportunity to really add value around the services, but uh, you're absolutely right. You know, there is going to be a, you know, there's going to be a one-off. And then um, if that relationship is created, uh, then you then they come back for the next year. Because usually if they've organized it this year, they're going to organize it next year. But where I really see the value of the application of the technology, as well as um, a good business potential as an enterprise and uh, getting this into internal events and regular meetings. Mm-hmm. So, so give me a general sense. I mean, you have some enterprise logos listed on your website. On average, what's a customer pay per year to get access to this technology you've built? It uh, varies, but it's uh, it's in the thousands. Okay, yeah, I'm just curious. Like, if we're talking like a thousand or a hundred thousand per month or per year, I mean, are you talking like four or five grand a month or a year or what? No, no, not not ten, not usually. Our largest customers, it's the tens of thousands. Okay. Most customers to start to start out would be in the thousands, um, and uh, you know, it really depends. And what we see a lot is uh, there is a virality of spreading inside of the largest enterprises uh, with this kind of technology. What we see is uh, uh, a kind of mix of an old B2C model where somebody else would see it and bring it in. And we're using a similar thing to spread inside of an enterprise where one department head will uh, uh, will bring on uh, bring the technology in and use it for their meeting. But somebody else attends. So then they so then they bring it into they want to have it in their meeting as well. And so as we spread then that revenue. Uh, of course, scales I up see, I with see. the usage. So you, you'd you'd say you know two grand a year is is call it you know a fair average for the folks you're trying to cater to. Uh, that is about our uh, our average value, but that includes all of those one offs. Um, so for the larger enterprises, um, our price point is is uh, closer to four k. But you're you you articulated even though you say one off, they might pay for a month cancel, but they pretty regularly come back year after year. Correct. Well, that's the goal. Uh, you know, that's the goal. I think the event space is one-offs and there is a lot of people that just need it for that, for that one time. Um, uh, and we see a lot of, uh, a lot of downward price pressure as well with a lot of entrance into the market for those, uh, for those single events. 
Um, but the goal always is to, to build a relationship, identify those uh, agencies that are going to do more events and that have a more sophisticated clientele and then bring, uh, bring that relationship forward and, uh, and get them to come back. But that's certainly something we're working on. Are, are you tra- I mean, I, I assume you're tracking that. So it's probably a bad question, but I mean, are you tracking that? And if so, how a lot of people have troubles tracking churn, if it's not like per monthly, like it, some people have a lot of trouble, you know, tracking, they, they paid in November this year, they canceled for 11 months, they paid in November again, that's actually a good customer. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's a challenge and, uh, and we do it with some manual work, uh, especially there's turnover in those companies potentially. So you might get somebody coming in with, uh, with a different, different email. Uh, so what I do is I just, um, uh, you know, I have, I have admin, uh, matching those up you know, and as long as the domain is the same, then, then, uh, you know, then it'll get matched up. And then also, you know, there's the question of churn, like, what do you consider churn? If somebody comes up and they only ever needed it for one you know, for a one-time use. You just never, you just never count, you just never count them as a customer at all. That's what I would do. Right. They're never a SaaS customer. They're never a SaaS customer. They're in a different model. So in this industry, it's like, it's a mix of models. There's this one-off model, the more standard SaaS model for people that have more events, and then the services model as well, where we really are seeing something emerge, which is uh, interactivity consultancy around events. You you have your AV guy, your sound guy, your caterer, you have your interactivity person. And we've seen uh, more and more expectation of that and uh, and a new skill set and a new niche in that event ecosystem that's emerging around providing that service, telling people when to ask questions, when to enable interactivity to be most effective to get the, those feedback and, and engagement. Sure. Yeah, the product makes complete sense to me. Um, I want to understand more of your story here. When did you launch the company? What year? Uh, 2014. 20, okay, so around four years. Four. And what have you scaled yeah. to in terms of total customers? And let's just focus on the one cohort. Let's just focus on the, the true kind of soft SaaS customers. Yeah. So we are, uh, we are between 100 and 200 customers right now. And uh, we've taken uh, a lot of time to really listen to what people were coming in with in terms of their problems and, uh, and develop the product. And uh, we've started really marketing out and growing the SaaS business in May of this year. Okay. Um, so, uh, so it's been a kind of a learning and product development uh, uh, phase for us for a while. And now it's an exciting, exciting time and we're about to, uh, uh, to scale and, uh, and you, go bigger. Have you bootstrapped with, the company, Aaron, or raised? Pretty much bootstrapped. We had a little bit, a small accelerator that we went through. And the, the story of it actually is, uh, it was a hackathon uh, started company. It was me and uh, a few guys got together for a weekend to just uh, see what we could do, see what we could put together. And uh, and on the back of that, we met some people that, that gave us uh, 50K to kind of take this to the next level and it was around the pulse the real-time sentiment and analysis so how many people are on the team today uh, full-time part-time about a dozen people okay about a dozen people okay so i mean have you gotten to the point yet where you're cash flow positive or you're operating right at break even are you burning still now i've started burning a little bit more with this uh with this increase in uh uh, in a, in marketing effort. Okay. So now we're going to move into uh, more of a fundraising fundraising stage. But I've kept it I've kept it bootstrapped and just growing the product and building out to the point where really whenever any customer comes in and like oh can it do this can it do that we always want to be able to uh, to say yes and support that. So we now have um, 
close to 200 uh, different features and different ways to use the product. And Aaron, I mean, I can uh, I can back in a little bit here to minimum size. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but at a $2,000 kind of average annual plan, and you said between 100 and 200 customers on the SaaS model, I mean, that would put you guys at call it at least a $200,000 kind of ARR run rate on just the SaaS line. Is that accurate? It's about right. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. and if I asked you growth rate on that, so go back a year, you'd say zero, right? Because you just launched it in May. We launched the marketing in May, but we did have customers, so we doubled. Oh uh, wow. Year on year. So about eight grand a month a year ago. Year. Yeah. Is that right? About eight grand uh, a uh, eight grand a month a year ago. Uh, I a hundred. Yeah, it's about right. About right. Yeah, that's good. That's healthy growth. Where are you? So how are you signing these these folks up? Um, what's the what's the number one growth channel? We use Google AdWords and uh, we get a lot of uh, referrals. We get repeat business and just the organic. You know, as soon as we put this up there, we had organic. Uh, yeah, but Aaron, that's not just like a magical thing. Like everyone who puts up a website doesn't just like magically get traffic. You had to do something, whether you realize it was smart or not. You had to do something to get traffic. Um. Well, for a while, it, it really, um, it really wasn't. We got a few influencers uh, that came and saw it. Um, you know, we, uh, we launched at uh, the launch festival. We were at the hackathon. People saw us there. So I think that, that helped us kick us, uh, kick us off. Um, and then from there it, uh, uh, it was organic for, uh, for a while. And that's, um, you know, that's a lot of why I just, uh, kept, kept sticking with this business. Cause there were just always such positive signals around mm-hmm. what we were doing. So what, it sounds like you do have experience and, and, uh, a cohort that you do have direct paid spend to acquire customers. What's your fully weighted CAC look like to get a new $2,000 a year customer? Right now we are looking at, depending on how you count around 400, 500. Okay. So your payback's pretty quick then four call it four or five months. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you know, our numbers, we're still young. So I'm always, I'm always testing and skeptical about these numbers. The numbers look very positive for us to be, to be ready to scale. But as we get, uh, you know, as we get more data and more volume, um, you know, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep looking at it. Totally. Look, listen, there are always diminishing returns. If there wasn't, then you'd find one channel, you'd go all in and there'd be tons of like huge companies that will never stop growing. But the fact is diminishing returns happen and the smartest entrepreneurs find new channels, new gold wells to go mine. And it sounds like you've got a little infrastructure set up to go find those new wells. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I try to I try to really keep open to the signals about the different needs and in different industries where this is necessary. So I'm finding an online broadcasting space very interesting for this. Uh, a lot of the competitors I'm seeing really focus on the event space, mm-hmm. uh, event and conferences. And uh, there is uh, definitely kind of easy, quick, uh, quick gains, and uh, quick money there. But uh, then also in the enterprise, in the university space, in the education space, in the broadcast, online broadcast space, I think there is real interesting opportunity uh, for uh, Meeting Pulse and other similar softwares. Mm-hmm. What does your churn look like today and how do you measure it? Uh, this one is uh, uh, this one is, uh, is a tricky one because as we talked about, it's like, who do you count? Uh, you know, how do I count in the churn? Churn is definitely a lot higher than I would like right now. Um, and uh, what is that? They're like, what's you're talking like 30%, 40% a year. Um, it's not something where I could, uh, uh, I'm prepared to really disclose the numbers, but the numbers are not great. And, um, um, but like, we don't know what that means, Aaron. Like when you say not great, I have no context on that. So like, 
how, how do you know they're not great? That's a good question. Um, I would like I would like more customers to kind of to kind of stick with the product uh, for longer. You know, in some of our in some of the larger enterprises, we gain enough traction um, where people start to expect it, um, expecting expect the tool to be to be used. But um, and some of the uh, in some of the smaller use cases, you know, we don't uh, we don't get the traction. And, and maybe let me ask a different question then. What would your target? What would your target retention be? I think year on year, you know, I'd want to be below thirty percent in terms of churn. Yeah, in terms of churn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep seventy percent of of customers year on year. But I, I find it's um, it's just really competitive space. There's new entrants all the time, and there isn't really like a standard. You know, this is who I go to for live interactivity during my meeting. I just don't think and, it's a, um, I just don't think it's a SaaS model. I mean, honestly, I've interviewed probably 30 companies in this space. I just don't think it's a SaaS model. I think that's the problem. They try and fit themselves into a SaaS model and it's just not going to work. For events, I think that's right. What I've seen be more successful with events is something that's a lot closer to like a consultative a service model. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think I think you're right about that. Yeah, we'll see. I, I've definitely yeah. Uh, I definitely struggled with that, like trying to, you know, how do you, how do you make this work with SaaS? Yeah. Do you have any plans to raise additional capital? Yeah, we're looking to, uh, to raise now, uh, start actively doing so in the next, uh, in the next few months. And our, uh, our ratio looks good in terms of the lifetime value and, uh, the acquisition cost. So uh, it's looking, uh, like we can go out with some strong numbers and, uh, uh and get, uh, uh, get something done in your ideal world. How much would you raise? We're raising a one million seed. We're considering it a seed round. Okay, so you'd want to raise you want to raise a million there, and we've uh, and we have uh, we have some of that committed. Yeah. How do you? So let me ask you a question. I mean, you mentioned already three different business models, three different kind of pricing structures. Like the one time there's the SaaS, and then there's essentially like the consulting, the strategy work. When you go and have conversations with VCs. They're obviously going to say, no, you're an agency. We're going to value you at 1x. And you're going to say, no, we're SaaS. We get 6x, right, valuation. I mean, how do you have those debates? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for us, it's about, um, you know, talking about our inroads into the large enterprises. And, uh, you know, what I'm really interested in about this business is its potential to change the way that large organizations operate and uh, inject cultural change into uh, big corporates. And I think that that's, that's the message that I'm going to go to investors with, and I think that's exciting. And it sounds like you're still you negotiating. Know, that excites me, and I, have to, and I have to find an investor that that's, that's exciting too as well. Yeah. It sounds like you're still probably negotiating this, but in an ideal world, I mean, let's say you raise a million bucks, what valuation would you love to raise at? Uh, we're going out, we're looking to raise at 7 million value. Seven pre or well, post. Well, it's a convertible note, uh, convertible note round. So, uh, so it's, uh, it's a valuation cap. Yeah. Yeah. Seven, seven cap. Yeah. Very good. It sounds like you, you already have a term sheet. You already have people that have committed. We've committed, we've brought in some funding, um, some early kind of to kind of spark the round and get it going and help us, uh, uh, you know, help us build up and go out there and, uh, yeah, moving forward with it.
why go i mean have you looked at other alternative forms that are like non-dilutive like have you looked at venture debt uh not closely but another one um i have some connections as well to the uh to the crowdfunder um crowdfunding of uh of investment um so we looked at that a little bit more but uh it's something to consider i think yeah well i mean so so what would you i mean what what do you like about the venture debt model or dislike about it it's something that uh that i need to do a lot more thinking of my experience is really in um uh more so in organizing teams and products it's uh a little bit less in financing so i'll move forward and continue taking advice yeah yeah very good all right let's wrap up here with the famous five number one what's your favorite business book um, right now, I'm liking uh, reinventing organizations. Lalu. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, I think what's happening with Elon Musk is really interesting. Number three, how many hours of, or sorry, what is your favorite online tool for building your company? Oh. I lean on Asana quite a bit. Okay, Asana. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, between seven and nine, I need a lot of sleep to function. That's good. So we'll call it eight <laughs> so there on sometimes, average. Sometimes, sometimes I hate that, but yeah, it's a good thing. And what's your situations? Uh, married, single? Do you have any kids? Uh, I'm single, but I have a, a partner. And okay, so no kiddos. Looking for that? No, not yet. Okay, and how old are you? Forty-one. Forty-one. Last question, Aaron. What do you wish your twenty-year-old self knew? Hmm. What do I wish my 20-year-old self knew? Um, you know, to forge, uh, I wish I knew really better how to listen to, uh, I kind of still wish I, I knew that better, how to listen to myself and uh, and forge uh, forge my own path from uh, from listening deep within. Guys, listen more to yourself. Aaron, again, launched Meeting Pulse back in 2014. Now today, serving call between 100 and 200 uh, paid accounts on their SaaS model, paying about $2,000 ACVs. So they're doing call it 16, 17 grand a month right now, or about 200 grand in ARR. That's about double year over year. So doing about eight grand a month just a year ago. Still burning cash, looking at raising a million bucks right now on 7 million in terms of cap. They're looking at doing a convertible note. 50 grand into the company so far in terms of early angels investing after a hackathon. Team of 12, targeting to get, you know, getting churn under 30%. It's tough in this space, but he's focused on it. Got a $500 CAC when he does spend money for a five or six month payback period, looking to test some of those channels with new money that he raises. Aaron, thank you so much for taking us to the top. All right. Thanks, Stefan. Good talking to you.